Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. It's Michelle Wong here. Hey, everybody. Today, I have a very special guest, Jill Pagano, who is a well-being visionary, and she is also the author of Getting Happy With Your Body. And uh, Jill and I are dear friends, and I'm so, so happy to have you on, Jill. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, and congratulations for having this podcast. Yay! Good for you. Thank you. Yeah, I, um, I've been having so much fun with it, and just being able to talk to amazing people like yourself is just such a gift and a treasure. So um, yeah, I thought what we would do today is talk a little bit about your journey, and then a little bit about your book, because your book is incredible. Um, and you. yeah, and like right now I know people who are listening, it's on podcast, but eventually when we get this on YouTube, you'll be able to see the book or on Amazon. Um, but it's such a happy, like it's a happy <laughs> book. I love that there's lollipops, it's pink, like it's very, it's what you wouldn't think a wellness book would have. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly why I put lollipops on the cover. That's so astute of you to pick that up because um, I wanted, to, well, two things. One, if you ask any of my family members, they'll tell you that I love sugar. That like sugar is my downfall. Forget the booze, forget the drugs. I mean, sugar is a drug anyway, but that's my drug of choice. And so um, part of me was like, hey, I just have to kind of like, nod a nod to the sugar uh, addict in me but also because I wanted to be contrarian because there is so much wrapped around like getting happy with my body means I have to be perfect and I have to like eat perfectly all the time and most people might think that it should have an apple on the front or some beautiful herbs and not that that would be wrong but like for me I wanted it to be sweet um, I wanted people to go what candy on the cover are you kidding and i mostly wanted it to be really welcoming because that represents who i am and my philosophy yeah and we'll talk more about the book but i felt like as i was reading it i'm like oh my god it's like this is like a girlfriend's book it's so welcoming non-judgmental and like it's just so wonderful um yeah and speaking of like lollipops I mean, people who are listening to the podcast can't see it, but you have like a bouquet of lollipops behind you. <laughs> I know. Here they are. Here they are. I, I love know. it. I went on Pinterest and I was like, okay, along with the branding of the book, which you can see right here, I'm like, uh, what can I decorate on the fly for my book launch? And so we made this lovely little vase with lollipops and you have a styrofoam Oh my styrofoam God. ball. Genius. Oh no, oh, thank gosh for Pinterest. And then I just oh. stuck the lollipops in it. A friend actually helped me. So yes. I love it. Yay, dum-dums. <laughs> I know, isn't it true? So oh. true. So Jill, you have like, you have so many years of movement background. You've taught, um, you've also taught wellness and you're a trainer. 
So like movement is in you as you showed in your book, but I'd love to hear your story of just like your background and then what brought you to writing your book. Sure, sure. I'll, I'll keep it brief <laughs> for my 50, almost three years. <laughs> I don't want to go too far back. <laughs> but, you know, um, so often prof I've heard before and professionals will say, look back at what we did in childhood and what we really loved in childhood. And that somehow shows us what's to come, um, what our aptitudes are for the future. And, and when I look back at childhood, I was always moving. Um, I write in the book that like my nickname was Shaky Jake because I would just be laying on the floor watching TV and you know I'd have a knee moving there's foot tapping and my dad would be like Jill Shaky Jake stop moving <laughs> so um, and I was often told I was moving too fast or too big I broke a lot of things like I'd reach for something I'd be dancing around I'd knock a vase over so so yes all that to say that movement really is in me. Um, I, I went from, you know, moving into college and things like that. I had opportunities where I, I got to explore movement in college. It's where I was introduced to dance, even though I had absolutely no dance experience whatsoever. Um, I did get to dance in college and that, oh, that really woke up something in me that I didn't know I had. I used to just dance in the, in the basement <laughs> when I was growing up and then like through college, I got to dance on stage and, um, you know, but after, after college and after having that love, uh, I didn't know what to do. I wasn't going to go to New York and become a professional dancer. That wasn't my, my, I didn't have that aptitude and it wasn't my calling. Um, so I went into fitness. It was the early 90s. It was like, it was so like, end of the end, I don't know, maybe the end of Jane Fonda or the beginning of Jane Fonda, right in there with the Jane Fonda area. And right when um, we were really getting into dance fitness, and it's like such a natural to go like, well, if you can't dance, strap on some tennis shoes and let's just bounce our heart out to music. That's close. I love it. Yeah, it was it was an incredible time. And this is when group exercise classes would have like, we'd have 50 people in class. I mm. mean, it, we would just be sweating and the music would be pounding. Like, it was a really great era. Um, and along with that great era, and I, I, that's where I would work at my desk during the day and I would go on the evenings and the weekends and teach group exercise. Um, and eventually I just couldn't do the desk job anymore. So I slid out of desk job work and into um, personal training and into uh, dance aerobics, group exercise. <laughs> um, and it was wonderful. I really, I loved it, except that my body was telling me that it wasn't having as good a time as I was having. So in the course of uh, a few years, I started getting symptoms and signs really from my body that even though I was happy, it wasn't happy. So I went through a course of, you know, Epstein-Barr virus. I um, had so many um, injuries that were just repetitive injuries that I thought, oh, well, this is just kind of what comes along with with doing this kind of job. Everything from shin splints to thoracic outlet syndrome to um, Oh, I can hardly, I mean, I could just probably name plantar fasciitis, you, you know, um, so, um, when that happened, I had to, um, I had to reevaluate what am I doing? Um, but I wasn't ready to give up on dance aerobics. I still love to move. Um, so I was at an idea convention and that's where I was introduced to 
a different kind of dance movement. And you and I know it as the Nia technique, yeah. Um, but for those people who don't, it's a, it's a way to move your body and to dance, um, dance fitness uh, without the pounding. And mm. it's really uh, more holistic. So this is back in 1996. Wow. So uh, that's when my life changed. Uh, I had introduction to that class. It's so funny because um, like I've known you for so long. Like I like I did my Nia white belt with you, but I, th- I don't think it was until we reconnected again. I was like, oh my God, I did my white belt with you. <laughs> like we, I trained with you. And so like, yeah. And just like, like, you know, kudos to Nia because that I used to be like a hardcore gym rat myself. Um, and I loved fitness classes because that was, it was way nicer than the treadmill and there was music mm-hmm. and I was, you know, following the teacher, but it wasn't until like I was introduced to Nia, um, that I was like, Oh my God, like I felt like I returned home. Yeah. Um, and I think you wrote that in the book as well. I did. Yeah. I did. And I did feel that way. It's just something, something in me kind of clicked and it's where the dancer and the mover and the exerciser all came together. And it was, incredibly eye-opening some of the language and the very first class that I took that that really uh, I didn't understand that that my arena of fitness was really hardcore Mm -hmm. and that's what I had plugged into and um, that there was a whole other thing besides exercise I, I I didn't have the concept even though I had been a dancer and in dance we never talk about exercising. We talk about expressing ourselves. We talk about emoting. Uh, I was in dance theater in college. We never talked about like how many calories we were burning on stage or anything like that. We were instead sharing a message and creating art with our bodies. Um, so when I came back around to dance fitness, like like somatic movement, which is what Nia is, um, where I could, was asked to sense my body and to express myself through my body it was like oh that's right that's right this is how this is another avenue to move to utilize my body to connect myself deeper through my body and uh that's the path i've been on now Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) so then last year you published was it last year has it already been a year thank thank goodness no (laughs) (laughs) like it I um, I wrote the book last year and then it right. came out in uh, February of 2019. That's yeah. right. This year. Oh my God. It feels, 2019 feels yeah. like we've been in it for a while. <laughs> I, I, I'm so with you. I feel like I have just been kind of in this spiral, not even a spiral. I'm in like a little bit of a washing machine. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like, the water is just draining now. Like I'm like, Okay, I love I love fall. Um, so that helps to kind of feel like okay, moving forward now. Yeah, it is a transitioning. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So you were writing your book last year, and what um, what compelled you to write the book? You know, I always knew I would write a book. Um, I always wanted to write a book. I um, when I was a um, freshman in college, um, the summer of my freshman year. Um, after I started teaching aerobics, I actually wrote an aerobics manual. And I, I do this because we don't really talk, call them aerobics anymore. We call it yeah. group exercise. But, um, Jill is air so quoting. I, <laughs> I'm air quoting. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Yes, I'm air quoting aerobics because we um, call them group exercise now. But I wrote my first book back then. I, I wish I could find it. 
I mean, I just remember laying in my bed and writing. Um, but for this book, it really happened over the course of a couple of years. And I just, I would, I wouldn't even sit down and try and write. I just felt compelled. It was as if something was coming out of me and I would just take my yellow pad and just start writing uh, whatever was on my mind and in my heart. And then I just put it in, put it in file folders and filed it away. And I did that for, well, some of some, actually some of the writings are dated back to like as early as 2008. Mm. I just kept doing that until um, I felt that I had an awakening that it was time to stop teaching and it was time to start writing and putting it together. And uh, that's what the year was like. That was, that was not an easy year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's to commit oh to gosh. writing. Yeah. That's a yes. lot. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the sitting um, and I have a stand up desk and all that, but it was the discipline of sitting down and um, organizing thoughts um, uh, and I mean, all of it, paying attention more and being more disciplined. But it, but a lot of it was the sitting, the problem of just, just takes time to sit. Especially if you're a shaky Jake. I know. See, I'm on my, <laughs> uh, you see, I'm on my little, I have oh, a good. swapper. Have you ever heard of the swappers? Is that one of those um, balls? <laughs> it's sort of. It's a chair. It's, oh, it's got it's the European. springs. It's got the springs yeah. in it and you can bounce and you can wobble around. And I love I'm it. Over here. I'm over here. <laughs> People can't see that, but um, if you ever get the video, you'll see me bouncing like a, like a little jumping bean. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then um, with your book, like what I love about it is the stories that you share about your own journey. Um, and then it's mixed or sprinkled in with like, it's a workbook. Mm -hmm. And, and then it's also like you teach, <laughs> like you're teaching, like, yeah. you know, and so, and it's like I said in the beginning, like it's non-judgmental. And so it's like, as a reader, like I feel your journey and just like how, like your relationship with your body. Nice. Um, and I feel like it gives us all permission to, to not have to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good. Thank you. I'm so I'm uh, I really appreciate you saying all those things because that was my intent going in. Um, in fact, at one point, I have three whiteboards in my um, office. They're mostly white now, but when I was writing the book, they had like words all over them. Uh, and one of the phrases that I circled, and I almost put this picture in the book because I did take a picture of it, was how do I share? without telling people what to do mm. without saying you have to eat this way you have to drink this much you have to move this much so that um was a real north star for me was to share my story was to share my process but also to watch out for language like you have to do this or you should do this or this is what's right because truth be told, I don't know what's right for you. Uh, I'm still learning what's right for me. That's this journey of life. And so the, the book is designed, uh, especially the journaling questions and sharing my story, is designed to percolate um, and excavate within each of us so that we, become, we come to our own awareness versus being spoon-fed uh, someone else's 
um, awareness or philosophies. And we, then we get to digest a little bit more. The writing portion of it is really what helps in digesting. We kind of get the words out, we write them, and then we kind of digest a little bit of like, wow, I didn't even know that was in me until my, pa- my pencil hit the paper. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's what we were trying to, that's what I was hoping for. That's what I still hope for every yeah. time someone buys the book. Mission accomplished, in my opinion. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, you. yeah. And like one of the things like for me and my, like my messaging and my work is really around inner leadership. Um, and like part of inner leadership also uh, imbues inner confidence. And like when I, when I was reading your book, I was like, like the way back to our own confidence and to our own leadership, it's all the inner work and getting in touch with our body and letting our body guide us. That's, I mean, that's the wisdom. It's not what's in our head. It's not what other people are saying. It's all about what's within. And I feel like your book is such a great map for that because it's really tapping into, well, what is it that, what's your relationship with your body? And you talk about in your book, like, it's like your your relationship with your friends and your family members. Like, there's also that relationship, but also the one with yourself, your body. Um, And you, you just, you delineate that so well. Oh, thank you. I, um, you know, I, I tell the story in the book of meeting with this woman who was or running into and discussing, I didn't run into her because she's a Lyft driver. I, I called on her services and she drove me in Phoenix to my son's baseball game. And as we were talking, of course, the, the small talk, what do you do? And uh, so I began, I said, well, I help people have a relationship with her body. And, and she was like, I don't, I don't, and I loved it because she really, she really just put me on the spot. She goes, I don't get what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, I, it's so easy. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gotten it either, except for my experience um, in yeah, beyond fitness, where someone asked me to sense my body and that opened a doorway for me. Um, and so when she said that, like, I don't get what you mean that I, in that moment, I had to reckon within myself that, you know, that's not an easy concept for people. And if I go back to my fitness only self, I, I don't know. I, I obviously didn't have that much of a relationship. My, my relationship with my body was very dictatorship. Um, so I had to, in that moment, speaking with the Lyft driver, I, I had to formulate how do I, how do I bring this into context? And it, yes, we have relationships with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a relationship with our smartphone, <laughs> you know, like True. we take care of it. We track it. We make sure it's, you know, it's charged. Uh, we ensure it, you know, certain things that we do to be with it. Well, we do that with people and we have that opportunity to do, um, to be with our body and to, and to the word evaluate comes up, but it's, that sounds a little harsh, but to, um, maybe you have a better word for that <laughs> to recognize. Yeah. Or witness. Maybe recognize. Yeah. yeah witness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How am I being with my body? How, what is that relationship like if I put my body as a friend or a lover or a family member? Um, what does that say about how I'm treating it, what I'm asking from it, and do I listen to it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's um, 
It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like I don't know with your experience since you've worked with so many people with you know movement and their bodies, um, how you find typically their relationship to be. Do you find that most people are hard on themselves and their bodies? That's probably the number one. Yeah. Um, in the I think it's the fourth chapter. I go through the body archetypes, mm-hmm. which um, which really came to me after working with a woman. Uh, who was in chronic pain and um, she really had pain written all over her face and she came to me looking for something else and not only did she have pain on her face that she the way she held her body um, I could tell that you know her arms were close to her body her hands were slightly cupped like fists not 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 gripping but cupped Um, just her energy was very close to her core and uh, both you and I have had injuries where we understand how pain, um, for me, it consolidates my movement so that I can be more in control so that I don't feel like I'm in pain, so I don't have a painful episode. So when I was working with her, I, I could see, based on my on something she said to me, I go into depth in the book, I got to... Um, sense and uh, understand more of these different archetypes that individuals have Um, working with a lot of different people uh, almost like stereotypes but more archetypes Mm -hmm. where they present themselves as their bodies betrayed them Mm -hmm. the body betrayer or they are the body innocent where they're like I have no idea I can't I don't know I'm not sure you know and they truly aren't and I, um, not to make fun of them, but just to be like, that's an archetype of like having no idea what's going on mm-hmm. below the neck. Um, the body bully is the number one archetype that I saw in my setting. It doesn't mean that I don't know that it's everywhere, but my experience was this people. Um, also, it was my own personal experience. So um, take that into consideration, but it's where we, we bully our body into based on either what our ego, our mind, our expectations are. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are really powerful. <laughs> the breakdown of it, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it wasn't until I uh, saw those, I'm like, oh, I wonder, like, do I fall into any of these, you know? And yeah. um, like, I brought that up because, like, with my knee injury, and I'm like still healing with it or from mm-hmm. it or healing. <laughs> um, yeah. Like the, like the message from a lot of the, like their spiritual practitioners or the ones who are more, um, just the, the wellness based ones are like, you need to send love. Like you need to just shine love on it, like massage it, touch it lovingly. And like that, like, I'm, I'm glad that that's the relationship I have with my body. Like I try to be as nurturing as possible. And so mm-hmm when I hear people be harsh on themselves or on their body, it, it does, it, it, it kind of breaks my heart yeah. right? because it's a yeah. relationship. Yeah. Right. Right. And the, the body is very um, innocent and it's innocent and very attentive to us. And it really is devoted, singularly devoted to us. It doesn't have any, I mean, that's such a powerful statement that our body is singularly devoted to our well-being our playfulness our <laughs> from mistakes that we make you know <laughs> innocent mistakes you know our our body is just devoted to 
allowing us and, and supporting us in the life that our ego, our personality and our spirit want to live. And it's just like this, this um, loving servant to us. Mm. Um, and I will say, knowing that there are still times where I am not great to my body. Yeah. And it's, it's not that I like mean to be mean. I, I, you know, it's like, oh, I mean, it's just that, that energy of like, oh, I can just do a little bit more. I just want to clean these steps off and just, you know, scraping moss off concrete steps or something. And it's like, maybe by hour two, it's time to take a break. So <laughs> totally. Oh my God. Yeah. What you were saying, like our bodies, like singularly devoted to us. I'm like about to cry because <laughs> that is, it's so beautiful and it's true. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know it's, and I, I hold space for people who hear that and go, glad you're there, mm. but I'm not because, um, I, I hold space for just to open that a possible doorway for them to know that they too can develop in towards that. They can develop towards understanding how the body is all is devoted to them. Even if right now it doesn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. Even if right now, you know, there's that extra five, 10, 20, a hundred pounds on their body and their body feels awful to them. I, I, I understand that, you know, I understand I've, I've had enough injuries and enough illnesses in my 53 years to be upset with my body, mm-hmm. even though it's only giving me information. You know, that, that sciatic nerve that's screaming is simply providing information for me, even though I'm frustrated by it, I'm exhausted by it, I'm tired by it. I'm annoyed because it makes me feel older and I can't do what I want to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so I, I, I just encourage people to, if they, if that seems like a nice sentiment, oh, my body is devoted to me. How nice to understand that it's a process in getting there, that it can be. It also can be just a light bulb moment mm-hmm. and that um, to not make themselves feel any worse about themselves if they aren't there yet. What would, I mean, this might be putting on the spot, but what would you suggest as like a first step if someone is willing or wanting to, like what would be the first step? You know, they could come about it a couple of different ways. Um, And this is something I do address in the book is that some people really like to be mental in their approach towards their body, that they're thinkers. Mm -hmm. And so for someone who is a real thinker that wants to like, in a way, be logical about this, like, okay, my body is devoted to me, prove it to me. So for that thinker, the person who likes mental stimulation, I would just start Googling some really cool facts about the body. Because then we get to see like, wow, when mm-hmm. I eat this, my body is doing this so that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, when it gives me a little pain, it's, it's simply, this is, you know, this nerve is acting a certain way. So that they do more mental research about it. Mm-hmm. And then the person who's more emotional about it, uh, who is, tends to be a more emotionally guided person, 
they can begin to go through the emotional realm and perhaps even journal about uh, how they feel about their body. And that doesn't have to be all these beautiful things. It can be the good, bad, and the ugly, Mm -hmm. you know, and the beautiful as well, the gratitude that comes in. For someone who's more spirit-based, they might be able to um, connect in more to how, how we are part of a bigger universe. The body is part of a bigger universe. So what, whatever, whatever way people approach it, it's a way that means something to them versus doing a, and this kind of gets back to like, I just don't like to tell people what yeah, to do, totally. you know? But like, what is, what is their natural tendency? Do they like to use their mind? Do they want to feel more? Or are they more spirit, soul-based? And to enter into a relationship with their body via any of those avenues. Mm, that's good. That's a good, yeah, it's um, yeah, a good approach. I like that. <laughs> that's in the book too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And speaking of which, um, where can people get your book, Getting Happy With Your Body? getting happy with your body. They can uh, get it on Amazon. They can go to my website, jillpagano.com, which has a really lovely, lovely book page. I So just shout out to Kiana McLeod, who is my art director. Oh, she makes everything beautiful. So your website please, is oh, beautiful. <laughs> oh my God. I could like never have done that ever, ever. Like she is a goddess and a queen and she just uh, made everything look beautiful. So go to the website. I have free gifts on my website. I love to give free gifts. <laughs> Jellpagano.com. Yep. Awesome. P-A-G-A-N-O. Okay. I'll put that in the show notes and then, um, yeah. And then where can people learn more about you if they want to like connect with you on social media? I am on Instagram. Uh, yes, I finally am there. So it's Jill Pagano, happy body habit. So, um, that and Facebook is my name. I mean, just Google my name, Jill (laughs) Pagano, P-A-G-A-N-O. Perfect. After Facebook, and I have a business page as well as a personal page. Just please connect. Yay. Yeah, I'll include all of that. And thank, thank you so you much love. for being on here. Oh, you are just divine for um, allowing me this time and space to just share what I love. Um, I look forward to more people learning about how they can have their own personal relationship with their body. I look forward to hearing from them. You know, like, I love to hear, like, I love to hear, go ahead, tell me what worked, what didn't work. Um, It's just a, it's a real privilege to just share. I mean, it's my mission is to share what I learn and what I love. Mm, I'm so glad you wrote it. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad it's done. (laughs) (laughs) Like fly, be free book. You're out of me (laughs) into the hands of the world. Yay. Well, awesome, Jill. Thank you so much. I want to take a picture of us. Oh, uh-huh. yes. Okay. Little I selfie. <laughs> I know. How do we, how do I do like, I'm like, how do I do it? A selfie. Bring in a selfie. <laughs> Hi. Oh my gosh. I don't awesome. Know it's like a picture for those of you listening, a picture of my iPad with Michelle and then my phone is in the way. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Please tag me. <laughs> I will. Can I post it today? Yes. To say it's of something course. that's to come. Okay. Yes, absolutely. I will do it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for Thanks, tuning honey. in. All right. Take care. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.